This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. And your dead bod is hot. Your flatulence smells like roses. Combo made in heaven, beer and Nazis. Historical notes, where were the Cubs? Rick's brush with Elliot Gould. And we talk to Starsky, Paul Michael Glazer from Starsky and Hutch. A huge star. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Hey, hey, here we are. <laughs> Will you just take, you take me out to the ball game? a little take me out to the ball game because somebody yeah. is yeah. going to be a big star today. Why don't you tell everybody what you're doing today? Well, by the time they hear this, it will have already, already been. Okay. It would have been in every paper <laughs> in America. In America. Yeah. And possibly <laughs> all over the world where we are yeah. now currently the 100. We are the 100th highest ranked podcast in vietnam right now well i think vietnam will really enjoy my <laughs> rendition of take me out to the ball game which i'll be doing tonight at the miracle uh play uh which is a play about the cubs uh 2016 uh, world series run and they've asked me to be the celebrity uh <laughs> Take me out to the ball gamer. That's a pretty low bar, isn't there? Hey, well, you know, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I have written a book called Every Cub Ever, and it does tie in, and I will right. be passing out flyers, so this could make you some money. Yeah, so I'm going to be there, should, too. You know, I'll you know, be right. there to heckle and mock you okay. during, uh, and I would assume you're going to do voice exercises before. Well, I was, I was thinking of doing it like, take <laughs> me out to the ball game, oh my something God. like that. I had no idea you had those. Oh, I've you you should hear what I've got. Pavarotti. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean it's uh it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, uh, I and, guess. I uh, guess. And um <laughs> and the Every Cub Ever book, which is doing great, can is available at everycubever.com. That's right. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that uh later on. But yeah. uh, I think uh why don't we just do Well, we've got a huge show today. Well, we've got Paul Michael Glazer Starsky's by. Yeah, Starsky's going to be on a little bit later. So. Yeah, so we've got to snap through this material so yeah. we can get blah, to blah, blah, uh, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Hello, Starsky. Okay. Right? Well, let's be honest, Rick. You yeah. want to just go? You want to just go into this? Yeah, sure. Right. Uh, we've had a pretty good last couple of months. Yes. Don't you think? Yes, I think so. I mean, you've had a great vacation in Europe. Yeah. Right? Um, your book is doing a great, like, a great that we just mentioned. We And again, we're a top 100 show in Algeria. Algeria too? and Vietnam, wow. both of those. All um, right. Illinois just legalized marijuana and sports betting. Yeah, right. So, but it's even it's going to get a little bit better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we we had a good run, but this is even going to be better. All right. A recent survey conducted by Planet Fitness has found that more Americans than ever think the dad bod is attractive. 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 All right. Can look at this. Yeah. Is this arousing you right now? Oh, my God. I... <laughs> uh, right there. Is that arousing it's you? A, it's a jiggly, <laughs> jiggly uh, well, array of fun. Of the 2,217 American adults who participated in the survey, 65% said the dad bod is attractive. And and how many uh, were, were dads? 65%? Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. 61% said men with a dad bod are sexy. Yeah. And 51% said the dad bod is the new six pack. Okay. So drink a lot of six packs so you can get the new six pack. Is this for real? I mean, it, it is. It is. It is a survey. You know, that, I think it's about time. <laughs> right. It's about time that right. dad bod became uh, uh, well, a cool thing. I remember about 20 years ago or so, you told me, you go, you know what? 
I bet if we become fat in our middle age, people are going to think we're hot. I thought you were crazy, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going with it with you. Yeah. You know, I'm going to I'm going to try it as well. Uh, you know, I, now that you mentioned it, I was at a bar recently and a woman saddled up next to me and said, you are so doughy. <laughs> like, yeah, baby. <laughs> Let me, I can bounce a quarter off your belly and it'll go to the ceiling. I not only love you, I love your other chin. I love <laughs> both of your chins. Right. It was a two chin minimum at yeah. the bar, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and for those of you who maybe are not in America where our greatest export is obesity, uh-huh. um, a dad bod is, um, well, you're going to pot belly basically and it says i go to the gym occasionally but i also drink heavily on the weekends and enjoy eating eight slices of pizza that's me that's totally me well i'm not sure i agree with the going to the gym occasionally i've been near a gym (laughs) occasionally parked in the planet fitness so no uh, i mean i do i do have my bike downstairs my uh that i do so i mean it's not i'm not completely inactive well you told me a story you went to see the rolling stones this past yeah, I did. week right how did that work out walking to the the stadium so you know is that really important <laughs> all right so i have a bit of a gout thing <laughs> i you know and and it's, it's called the rich man's disease which is kind of a misnomer right. because clearly i'm not a rich <laughs> right, man right um but basically what it is is a precursor to arthritis mm-hmm. and you know i'm 56 years old it's it's on the way so I'm just, I'm learning. And you know what? It's sexy. <laughs> right. Gout is sexy too. Oh, oh, I love the way you limp. Yeah. Right. I love oh. the crystals in your big oh, toe right I, now. I watch your body uh, <laughs> jiggle, jiggling oh, as you limp. As you, as you hobble up the steps. <laughs> you know, um, so I saw videos of the Rolling Stones, which looked awesome. It I was mean, a great show. Uh, but Keith Richards there. Yeah is in better shape than I am. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think mentally that's true. <laughs> but but I mean he stood for like two and a half hours. I don't think I could stand for two and yeah, a half hours. Yeah, no, that's hours. true. He was he had these cool green gym shoes on. Uh, he actually He moved. Yeah. He did he, you know and Mick has got a head of hair. Oh I know. That's I just know. not fair. He's seventy five years old. Granted my heart valve is a little better than his possibly. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and so. you do have functioning brain activity. I think he's actually pretty sh- pretty sharp. Who? Mick. Oh, Mick is. I was yeah. talking about Keith. No, yeah. Right. All right. Well, hey, that's very nice. I, you know, I've always considered myself sexy, and uh, now I know that uh, I was right to think that. I've got a story for you. Mm-hmm. A French inventor is selling pills that make farts smell nice. <laughs> So, I mean, this is the one last element that is the only, <laughs> oh, yeah, the right. only thing that is is making us not sexy. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. you'd pop I, this pill. That, I yeah. mean, really. And from now on, we're going to have to carry sticks with us to beat the women away. <laughs> a French company claims to have invented a pill that makes your fart smell nice. The pills have been developed by an inventor named Christian Poncheval, who is based in the western French town of Gaz. And he claims that they can transform your smelly gas into a lovely fragrance of chocolate or roses. Uh, the pill is entirely natural. There's nothing medicine or drug-based therein. Just a dietary supplement based on natural ingredients that will make your guff smell good. So, think about this. All right, you can go to, you can get it on Amazon. It's uh, it's like twenty pounds. It says twenty pounds. This is a story out of the British England, newspaper. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you can also get it to smell like ginger. Okay. Ginger, chocolate, or roses. 
Okay. And it works on dogs. This, <laughs> okay, is, this is why I want to get it. <laughs> Website claims that the powders can be used on the dogs. Um, sprinkle it onto their food. Ordinary rank output will be replaced by the delightful smell of spring flowers. You know, I mean, and I think most times you'd want the nice pill. Mm-hmm. But there are times that you would, <laughs> you know, is, is there a pill that may go the other way? Like, for instance... You know, my daughter wants me to drive her friends home. Okay. Oh yeah. I pop a, I pop the anti, you know, the anti chocolate pill. Yeah. Right. And then they will never ask me again. Right. To drive them home. Right. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey. My dad will give us. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah right. Nope, exactly. Nope, nope. So there you go. Okay. Hey, we have a winner in our uh, every cub ever contest. Michael Rose Quincy. He was the first person to email us. Oh, that's right, because you said if somebody emails us, right. they get a free one. And we got more than one email. Yeah, I know. Um, and he got he a He was con- the first one, though. He was the first one. Um, and I think I knew absolutely everybody else that emailed us after that. Yeah. But he got a copy of Every Cub Ever. Okay. Uh, for free. That's almost not fair. And you know what? Let's do it again. Really? Yeah. And, and not Michael. Right, right, right. You cannot... Yeah, yeah. Michael, you can't win again. Uh, All but, right. Yeah, so... Uh, these are we don't have a these are not uh, these are selling why are we giving these away it's uh, okay you know we're we're good people all right so email us at minutiamentpodcast at gmail.com and in the subject line you have to say I want a free book and the first person to email us will get a free copy of uh, Every Cub Ever again available at everycubever.com now remember you're listening to Minutia Men uh, Minutiaman Podcast at Gmail is our is our email address. But if you have not subscribed to the show yet, and you just happen to be stumbling upon it, right. and finding these like two Rick fine, Scout stumbling yeah. these two fine dad bods mm-hmm. rocking some some serious comedy um, or or whatever it is that we do, um, subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where can they do it? Oh, you can go on iTunes, you can go on Spotify, you can go on iHeartRadio, you can go Google Play, you can... Well, it must cost a fortune. It's nothing, it's free, I know, right? I mean, so, you know, there are people out there, you you podcast fans know this, there they are charge people that are charging for their podcasts, not, uh, us, not us. Not us, we, baby. And, and, you know, we're part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and there's a lot of great stuff on there, uh, but we're also uh, a, uh, an OPI production, um, and they... If you, there's a show called Back to You. Right. Howard which, Sudbury yeah, and um, Steve, Steve Baskerville, a couple of Chicago legends. They talk about life, travel, food, and a long list of what bugs them. <laughs> so they're grumpy old guys with dad bods, possibly. And they actually, I don't think they have dad bods. I think they are. I bet they do. Okay. Well, I bet they right. do. Well, we'll have to get them on the air to show it. All right. Hey, uh, you got a jingle handy? The uh, Go to the ends and do the Nazi jingle, would you? Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Time now for a collection of Cub oh, Geek. Oh, time now wow. for a collect. Time oh, now for a collection of Cub oh, Geekness. For God's this sake. is just one okay. bad century with Rick and Dave. <sighs> you know, yesterday uh, the uh, Democratic debates were right. on, and, and there were some, some terrible some sound audio issue. Right, problems. Right. And Tony Lasano, our nice little producer, goes online and and says and asks me if I'm in charge of the audio. <laughs> Isn't that nice? He's not wrong. Isn't that uh, nice? Uh, get the Nazi joke. All right, here we go. Oh. Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Hey, 
Another one? All right, this story comes out of Germany, where a good chunk of Nazi stories end up originating from. Okay. Well, uh, you know, not really. There aren't that many. Oh, I guess, well, maybe well, there are. We'll find out. Uh, have you ever heard of the Schild and Schwert Festival? Schild and Sword. Schild and Sword, yeah. yeah. Well, it's an annual neo-Nazi music festival. Yes, there's uh, a neo-Nazi <laughs> music festival? Yeah. There's a neo-Nazi musical fe- uh, music festival held in... Ostritz in Saxony. Do you know where that is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, ahead of the event, a court in Dresden, East Germany, imposed a ban on the sale of alcohol and possession of alcohol at the festival in order to prevent some shenanigans that was likely to happen, which is probably not a bad idea. Wait, so Nazis drink? Yeah, well, yeah, they do. Uh, so they took care of no uh, alcohol at the festival. However, the local residents were still concerned. You know, you can go to the... The how do you say Seven Eleven in German? The <laughs> Sieben Elf. Yeah, you could go to that. Uh, and so they, what they did is they went to every merchant within the town and bought all of the beer, so the neo Nazis can't drink That's any beer at the, at the festival. That's brilliant. Um, and then they've got all the beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's win win. So while I was doing the show prep, which, yeah, and and this is German beer. This is good yeah, beer. Right. Um, so I, while I was doing show prep, I stumbled upon a story from 2016, and this is from The Telegraph, which is England, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's dated uh, March 22nd, 2016. A brewery, a brewery in Bavaria has been accused of selling a Nazi beer uh, after it released a new lager under the brand name Grenzenzon Halbe, or Border Fence Half. Hmm. Okay. Local student unions unions have called for a boycott of the product, saying that the name is a clear reference to the refugee crisis, right? Okay, yeah. Um, but it wasn't just the name that was bothering them. Border Fence Half, the half is in reference to the half liter, is priced at 88 cents. You know that 88 is the Nazi, because H, H is the eighth letter in the alphabet. Yeah. And 88 stands for Heil Hitler. For real? No, it that is yeah. Eighty eight yeah. is like a okay, like a white power. You know, oh, what's the frog? What's the Pepe the Frog or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah right. whatever. Um, and and this is the creepiest part: the best before date marked on all of the bottles, regardless of when they were brewed, was November 9th, the anniversary of Kristallnacht. Oh my gosh! Um, Brewmaster Frank Silner said. He didn't even know about the 88 Nazi overtones, but refused to answer why all of the expiration da- or Best Buy dates was November 9th. Now, we found out, we had a meeting yesterday with uh, an author. Mm-hmm. We found out that November 9th is also the, the anniversary, anniversary of the Berlin Wall coming down. Right. Yeah, I never even thought of that. Wow. So I wonder if that's uh, some tie-in. Well, I guess... Uh, I guess I, all, big things happen uh, on November, November 9th, 9th right. in Germany. All right, well... Uh, thank you for that uh, Nazi oh, information. Sure. Um, and, and, and let's just remind our listeners that uh, coming up later in the show is a uh, an actor who portrayed a character in Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> right. Wait, there were some Nazis. Well, there yeah. weren't Nazis there. There were <laughs> no, Russians. Those were Russians. Right, Russians. Okay. Um, but it is now time for, uh, well, you know what? I, you've already heard the jingle, but I'm going to play it okay. one more time. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. So, as we mentioned a couple of times, and we're going to keep mentioning, 
Every Cub Ever is a book that uh, I wrote and we published uh, uh, at Eckhart's Press, everycubever.com or eckhartspress.com. And one of the things that I've done in this book is I've written about Every Cub Ever, but I've also included historical notes. The things that happen on this day, you know, in like what big things happen in history. What do the Cubs do? What Cubs were doing right. what? Because every, it's on the tip of everybody's tongue. Because everyone wants to right. know that. Sure. And this is this has been a big week, all right, in, in terms of history. This week. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a phone call coming in. That, is that uh, Paul, we're gonna, is no, that it's Paul not, Michael? It's not him. Okay. You know, I still get these. Oh, my God. Uh, it's David Soul. What's he calling? <laughs> I still get... Uh, Robo-call. So many robocalls. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, I had it plugged in already because Paul Michael Glazer is going to be calling us. Uh, so anyway, here are some historical things that have happened this week in history, right? Uh, President Kennedy's Ich bin ein Berliner speech, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Gone with the Wind, uh, uh, I Don't Give a Damn scene was okay. filmed. Um, Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated, which a started German, in World uh, War I. Sure. Uh, Jane Mansfield died in a car crash. Okay. Um, and President Truman ordered the U.S. troops to go to Korea. Well, that is a big week. And Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders, the Battle of San Juan Hill. Mm. And President Garfield was shot. Oh, my God. All that happened this week. Well, yeah, whatever, but what'd the Cubs do? Well, <laughs> you know, if you'd like to know, uh, when President Kennedy was giving that speech, uh, Billy Williams hit a two-run homer <laughs> at the Polo Grounds in New York. Okay. And, you know, when, when uh, uh, Gone with the Wind was being filmed, yeah. uh, former Cub Lon Warnicky uh, beat the Cubs uh, yeah. on behalf of the Cardinals. Son of a bitch. And when uh, Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated, Vic Sire knocked in three runs for the Cubs, yeah. and they won eight to five. So, uh, Jane Mansfield, when she died, Ernie Banks homered that day. <laughs> hey, you know, some people have good days, some people have bad days. When uh, President Truman uh, ordered uh, U.S. troops into Korea, Big Ted Klusinski, uh did hit three uh, RBIs against the Cubs, and they lost. And where was he playing? Cincinnati. Was he playing for the Yankees? Or he was playing the Reds? Because he was a White Sox. He was at one point. And, you know, everyone remembers the Teddy Roosevelt day when the Cubs uh, lost 8-4 to four to the New York <laughs> Giants. Um, and then President Garfield being shot. That was the day the first place Cubs beat the Troy Trojans 10-5 to five at Haymakers Ground in upstate New York. What year was that? 19... July 2nd, 1881. 18, 18, well, of course, it'd be 1881. 1881. Yeah, well, there you go. So there's some information that you're just not going to get anywhere else, and it's... Nor will you ever need it for anything else either. <laughs> but if you... But it makes hey, a great gift, everycubever.com. Everycubever.com. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a uh, celebrity that I've met, and I have to tell the story of how I met that celebrity. Love this guy. Um, actually, I just saw him. My kids are now into Friends. Oh, yeah. yeah. He yeah. was the father of Rachel and Ross. Elliot Gould? Elliot Gould. Right. Oh, I Elliot thought you were going to say Tom Selleck there for a second. No, Tom Selleck was dated 
Monica. Okay, because Tom Selleck is not in the jar. <laughs> okay, I've never met Tom Selleck. Oh, that you know what I should start doing? I should Art oh. Linkletter. I don't oh, know. Yeah, well, I, don't. <laughs> I actually did meet Art Linkletter. <laughs> uh, uh, right. Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould. All right, this is a very embarrassing story, which is probably uh, why I haven't told this to you yet. Have you? Have I told you this? No. 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 All right. So this was uh, when I was working for John Landecker, who was our guest last week. Mm-hmm. I was his producer. And we saw a story about Elliot Gould um, talking about the Lone Ranger. Oh, and John loves the and Lone Ranger. you know Ranger, how much right? John loves the Lone Ranger. And the Lone Ranger, whenever he saw anything, that was like the top story of the day. You know, right. <laughs> newsflash, right. somebody mentions the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I remember on 9-11 he did a whole <laughs> Lone Ranger thing. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I tracked down Elliot Gould. And I said, you know, would you come on and talk to John about the Lone Ranger? And Elliot Gould's like, I love the Lone Ranger. I would love to come on and talk about the Lone Ranger. So I uh, booked him, and it was time for the show. And uh, I called his number, and there was no answer. Yeah. And so I left a message, like, Elliot, hi, you know, this is Rick Hanford. This is Tonto. You know, uh, remember we talked about the Lone Ranger. Please call us back. Um, and you know, that's like a worst moment yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in right. a producer's sure. life because you're about to go on live. Right. So, sure. but I, luckily I did this five minutes before then I called four minutes before yeah. like, uh, Elliot, uh, remember, yeah. blow, you know, just maybe your phone ringers off and mm-hmm. I called, called three more times. And the last one I was like, you know, <laughs> I called you and asked you nicely <laughs> You know, oh, oh, you know, I'm about to, we're about to go on the air right now yeah. with nothing. Yeah. You know, here's our phone number. Please call us up. You know, you're putting a big hole in our show. Uh, got a call like moments later and it was some Jewish guy. In New <laughs> oh, York. you had the wrong number. I had the wrong number. <laughs> he said, Hey, uh, listen, this is not Elliot Gould's number. Stop calling. All right. Uh, okay, we gotta we gotta we gotta fill this hole. What's your name, Sheldon jo- Sheldon Rabinowitz? Okay, what are you, a dentist? Okay, go. And then I looked at my notes, like, oh, I was num- one number off. It was early in the morning, right? Yeah. Uh, so that is my Elliot Gould story. Well, he would be. Good. Let's try to get him on. Okay, he's alive. I think I still have his number. <laughs> no, you have no, you have Sheldon Rabinowitz's yeah. number. You know, <laughs> oh, you go. All right, so it's time for a natural uh, celebrity to join our show. Let's uh, let's play the jingle and bring him on. Time now for the celebrity minutia minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity minutia minute with Rick and Dave. All right, Dave. It was very exciting news for us. This is this yeah. is bigger than anybody that we. Yeah, have. I'm actually nervous. I've never <laughs> been nervous before. We've had big stars on this show, but uh, this is uh, well, this is a man who's done many things in his career: acting, directing, producing. But he'll always be in our mind, and this probably drives him crazy. <laughs> but he'll always be Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. A show that was a worldwide hit, and I know that because I lived in Germany when it came out. It aired on German TV with German voices overdubbing the... Uh, well, the Bear <laughs> und Schneegen. And by the way, uh, Paul, the, uh, yeah. the voice of Starsky had a very deep baritone voice. 
Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, you were always doing the the wisecracking jokes, which you know in German uh, there's no such thing. <laughs> right, right, right. There's no humor in German. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. This is what I hear. <laughs> so let's. You know, I, I know you probably are sick of talking about this, but. Go back to those Starsky and Hutch days. That what was? What are some of your fond memories from that time? Well, um, boy, you're talking about a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was in junior high. I'm 56 years old right now. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, the the whole experience. It's it's kind of hard to uh, dredge it all up, but the the whole experience was a uh, a remarkable experience. Oh, sure. You know, any. Any journey into uh, celebrity is uh, is f- very intense, uh, and um, you know the the way the public responded to our show was uh, was uh, remarkable. I think that what I enjoyed most was uh, the people I was working with, mm. um, and Davy and I had a real uh, interesting working relationship, <laughs> and uh, as did Tony Fargus and uh, and. Uh, uh, and Captain Doby, uh, you know, it was a, uh, it was it was an interesting uh, time because uh, the company that we were making the show for was uh, not prone to doing uh, uh, anything creative. They were they they their attitude was well, it's great the way it is. Don't upset the apple cart. Don't mm-hmm. do anything new. Don't ask to change things. Just do what you're told and. Uh, Neither David nor I were of that cut cut from that cloth. Yeah, we didn't. We weren't interested in that. So <laughs> we bet. had we had we had many a battle and um, and like that. But I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed you know I enjoyed the uh, the uh, the character of Starsky because I got to do so many different levels of uh, you know I got he was. He was the character that was... Uh, yeah, that was really the most man. interesting character, wasn't it, on the show? I mean, you get the wisecracking, the, you know, the the, the rebel. Right. You were the rebel. Yeah, yeah. It was. he had so many colors. Yeah. I, I could I could be serious, I could be funny, I could be silly, I could be uh, angry, I could be stupid. <laughs> I could do do it all. And, uh, uh, and and I enjoyed that very much. And you didn't, have fact, to, you didn't have to wear the costumes that Huggy Bear had to wear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I got to wear. I my my one message to wardrobe was I want to wear something comfortable yeah. because I'm going to be wearing it for twelve to fourteen hours a day, and I want to be comfortable. And so, <laughs> well, and you, yeah, that, and you had to jump around in the car a lot, and you know, uh, off the, exactly, the, the off the hood. Exactly, uh, exactly. You know, and so. Um, uh, the, the comfort was a big uh, was a, a big factor for me. Uh, uh, I said, you know, keep me comfortable. <laughs> you, you guys were huge stars, obviously. You know, David, David, and uh, and you, but probably maybe not quite as big of a star. That car, the Grand, the Ford Grand Torino. I mean, I was a. I don't know, I was like 12 years old yeah. at the time. And I was just like, man, that car is that so red awesome. Car with the with the white stripe right, yeah. on it. And it was it, the coolest thing. You broke a few traffic laws, too, if I remember correctly, <laughs> while you were driving. Did you ever what, Did you ever get to really drive the car? I mean, it looked like you did. I did, I, I did a fair amount of the driving. Uh, Charlie Paterni, who was our stunt coordinator, uh, you know, uh, filled me in on what I couldn't do and told, you know, taught me a lot. 
And, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of the driving. Uh, <laughs> David was a little beside himself sometimes because, uh, you know, we were on a, we had a bench seat. We didn't have bucket seats. Oh, oh. really? And so, <laughs> right. So if I took a hard left, hard right turn. He's in your lap, right? Lap. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it was good that you're close then, right? You got a good working relationship. You know, I, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you how big of a fan I was of this show. I not only watch the show in German every week, I bought the books. Do you remember this? They were Starsky and Hutch books, which were like PG-13 novelized versions of episodes of the show, I guess. And one year, I, do you remember those? Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> See, this is something. Well, Rick still has them in his yeah. mom's basement. He'll, s- he'll send them to you. I do. And you probably got no money from that either. But anyway, one year I tried to correct. <laughs> I tried to submit one of those as a as like a book report in junior high, and the and the teacher said that it did not qualify as literature. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> so maybe you weren't missing anything by not reading the books. But I enjoyed them well, when I was thirteen. Well, I still yeah. see you know when we go to like a, a garage sale or whatever, a Starsky and Hutch. Uh, you know, lunchbox or something, or, you know, it's, there was the merchandise, there was a ton of stuff out there. Yeah, there was a lot of merchandise going on, um, which is what they do. Yeah. You know, and at that time, you know, there was only three networks. Right. So, uh, did so you get a piece of, a did you get a piece of any of that? Well, let's say I took the producers to court after the first uh-huh. year because they were playing their games and, um, I, uh, uh, you know, subsequently, uh, I, 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 I didn't do too well. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think we, yeah. we owe it to uh, send these books to you. Then, yeah. I think, uh, you know, you, you, you were a huge star. So was, um, David, but David had that hit. Don't give up on us. Right. Remember that yeah, song? Yeah, uh, yeah. you in fact were the one that had the Broadway background. Did you ever release a song? I know we, 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 we know you did Fiddler on the Roof, but have you done any solo recording at all? No, I haven't. I, I was trying to, uh, get the uh, rights to Jim Croce's life. Uh, mm. I wanted to oh, make wow. a movie about Jim Croce, but, uh, that never worked out. The, the widow uh, was not, uh, uh, prone to uh, uh, give anybody the rights and uh, so I found that out but I, we worked on it for a while and uh, like that I haven't the first time I really sang seriously was uh, I did a couple of uh, shows in England you know, that they call pantos which is short for pantomime hmm. and they do them every Christmas in, uh, in, and they started importing TV stars to uh, to be in the shows, and then uh, about six years ago, I did um, a tour of Ireland, Scotland, and England, playing Tevye yeah. in Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, that's that's the role. Yeah, yeah, and I, and and actually, uh, that that role was the first role that I played uh, since Starsky that was on a par with Starsky in terms of all the things that allowed me to do yeah. what we were talking about before, about right. the, you know, all the different light colors. colors and like that. Yeah. That, that is a and, fun role. I mean, there's so much, there's so many layers to it. Uh, I've yeah. got, I've got kids in theater and I've seen Fiddler on the Roof about 1200 times, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, and it's kind of funny cause we, we live in Chicago and, um, 
you know, a very diverse school. It'll be Tevya played by Muhammad, you know, whatever. <laughs> David Wong as Perchek, you know, but it's great. I mean, it's it's a timeless that is, clip. That, that's hilarious. You know, the, the show the show has traveled all over the world. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a favorite in in Japan. They asked me if I wanted to go to China with it. Oh wow! The wow. show that we were doing. It's like it's it's a very universally themed show, and so uh, I'm not surprised. Yes, absolutely. So now, let's let's go back to uh, 2004. Starsky and Hutch is made into a movie, starring Ben Stiller and Luke Wilson. You were in that movie uh, in a cameo, right? What what did you th- what did you think of the of the movie version? Well, you know, I met with uh, uh, Ben was a big big fan, Ben Stiller, and uh, we were actually trying to get the rights to that to Starsky and Hutch the film rights. David and I were, <clears throat> Warner Brothers had the project, they were unable to do anything with it. And then two weeks before the option was up, they announced that Ben Stiller had expressed interest and they renewed the option. So uh, Ben and I had lunch and and I, I asked him, I said, you know, what, do you, what kind of film do you want to do? Do you want to do a spoof or do you want to really attempt to recapture the chemistry that uh, David and I had, and um, he wanted to do the latter. He wanted to capture the chemistry, and both he and Owen were entirely capable of doing mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, it was uh, Owen Wilson? Was... I said Luke Wilson. It was, it was Owen yeah, Wilson? And, yeah, that's right. And the the director who was uh, fancied himself as a comedy director uh, was more <laughs> like inclined. To... Said that. <laughs> <laughs> was more inclined to. Um, Take it into the world of spoofing. Yeah, you know what I and didn't so, like about the movie is they switched the roles, right? Like uh, they made uh, Starsky the straight character and Hutch into the into the rebel. Yeah, which uh, you know, the, oh, like I'm a Starsky and Hutch purist. <laughs> well, as you know, with the 37 <laughs> novellas that you have of it too, uh, you know, you've done. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you an, uh, an amusing story. Uh, you know that scene that we had the cameo where uh, we're uh, we're we're delivering the car to uh, to Ben because mm-hmm. he's destroyed his car, right? And so we we show up there and uh, there was a moment where uh, the uh, the radio, the car radio, you know, the police radio went off, and Ben went to answer it, and I said to the director, I said. Gee, you know what would be fun to do would be we both run to the car. He wants to drive the side. I run to the passenger side. We both reach in. We both grab the 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 the, the radio, the, the bike, whatever it's called, the uh, receiver. And there's a moment between us where we're wrestling with it, yeah. and we look at each other, and then I let it go. <laughs> and he looked at me totally serious and said, "I don't know. You wouldn't do that." Oh, oh come on. God. Come on. So, oh, so God. I've always been a terrible poker player because you can read my face a while away. So, so Ben saw the expression of my face and he pulled the director aside and had a chat with him. And the director harumphed and said, okay, well, let's try it and see. And uh, Ben was so cute when he did, when he did the scene because when the camera was on him, 
uh, he he couldn't keep a straight face. Yeah. <laughs> he just couldn't. But he was he, he was very nice. Both he and Owen were very nice. And they did the best they could. And you know, look, it's a compliment to have a uh, something that you've worked on uh, and that's become a remake, sure, a, yeah. an icon. Well, it was a big a hit. It was a box office hit, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I think I, don't it, know. I think it I didn't was. Pay any attention to it? Yeah, uh, but. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was a shame because you know at, at one point uh, I also suggested to the director at the very end I said you know the very end after Owen and, and, and uh, Ben drive off in the, the new car it'd be really nice to have a shot of David and I walking away down the sidewalk and getting into an argument because we we tagged every show with right. with a uh, with with some kind of humorous. Uh -huh. stuff and and we if we were walking away then i could be giving him grief for talking me into giving up my car yeah. and he could be saying what he's saying and the the audiences would really like that because that's what they that's yeah. one of the things they really liked about the show are you a good driver uh, in real life are you a good driver <laughs> in real life are you just speeding around la or whatever getting into you have, you you have to it depends on who you ask yeah. <laughs> If you ask, if you ask the police, you get one. <laughs> uh, you've done a lot of great things, and again, thanks so much for doing it. But you, you've you've spent a lot of time um, with your activism, you know, regarding AIDS. You founded the Elizabeth Glazer Pediatric AIDS Foundation. Are you still active in the cause? And um, you know, you, well, I'm a, I'm honorary chair, but in all honesty, I'm letting my son. Uh, it's his name on the door, and okay. uh, I'm letting him run with it. And he's, you know, he's getting, he's been involved for years now, and uh, so uh, you know he runs with it. And uh, I have, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of painting over the past uh, yeah. uh, six, seven years, and so I had one art show, and I'm going to have another one uh, in a week. Oh, good and luck. I I donate a part of the proceeds from the stuff I sell to the foundation. Uh, so that's what you're up to now. So you're, well, are you, you a full-time painter? No, I wrote, uh, I wrote a book, uh, which, uh, kids really love. Uh, I wrote two books actually. The first book, uh, is called Cristalia and the source of light. Hmm. It's a story of a 14-year-old girl told in her voice and her nine-year-old brother. It's the last Christmas of the mom was not well. It's the last Christmas in the house because the bank is kicking them out. Oh. And the girl is angry and bitter and has no faith in anything except what you can see and touch. And on Christmas Eve, she and her brother find themselves on a journey through an underground medieval kingdom where everything and everybody are made of minerals and crystals in search of the source of light. Holy crap! That's Whoa, awesome. Yeah, Where, yeah. It's a it's a, it's an it's an amazing book, and it's on Amazon. And I, you know, and I also did an audio where I performed all the characters, and um, I was looking for a way to communicate to people all that I'd learned with, about loss and helplessness in in my journey with my family and everything like that. And because I was very fortunate, I learned so much, yeah. and uh, I didn't want to do it in a boring way, so I tried to write like an Alice in Wonderland, or a classic. And uh, uh, I wrote it originally as a screenplay about 17 years ago, but uh, they didn't have the technology at the time to animate the properties of light. 
Oh, well, yeah, right. Out next to J- James Cameron with <laughs> Avatar, they do. Yeah. So, uh, but I decided to write it as a book. I'd never written a book. And then when I was in the middle of writing that book, I was walking my daughter's dogs one day, and I saw a crow with a crippled foot. Hmm. And the next day, and I thought, hook foot. And I went back and I wrote I wrote 30 pages on how he got that name. And then the next day, I was walking the dogs and I saw a one-legged seagull. <laughs> I thought, peg leg. Yeah. So, what are you doing to these animals? <laughs> I know. So I wrote 30 pages on how peg leg got her name. And then I had the two of them meet and totally dislike each other. <laughs> like and, Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> yeah. And go, and go on this journey. Uh, in which they end up meeting an oversexed parrot. <laughs> oh, wow. And what's the parrot's name? The parrot's name is Pedro. <laughs> and he takes, he takes one look at the seagull and he says, you know, Peg, and he says, you are the most beautiful seagull I ever see. <laughs> he falls in love with her. And so that, that book, so that's my second book. Uh, novel and that book right now I've done 29 illustrations for and I'm in the process of mounting that as a I'm going to self-publish it as an electronic book with a uh, a print-to-order uh, hard copy uh, you know people are so interested you, you know and then I have a I have a third book out of my poetry and other writings and my art and it's called the edge of whimsy wow and and that's available on my art site. If people want to see what my art looks like. It's the art site is called it's pmglazerart.com. Awesome. Well, you know, we're book publishers coincidentally. <laughs> you know, if you got a fourth one, yeah, we actually pretty... we literally are. That's what we do. That's our day jobs. We yeah. are we're publishers. So send, <laughs> send the four... Yeah, we are. What do you what do you, what do you publish? Well, we're a Chicago publisher, but we have we've published uh, fifty or so books. Are, we're called Eckhart's Press, E C K H A R T Z Press dot com. If you want to check it out, uh, you'll will. see some of our books. Right now, we have a book out called Every Cub Ever. It's about the Chicago Cubs. Uh, you know, uh-huh. every player that ever played for the Cubs. Yeah, Rick took ten right. years, which could have been spent <laughs> bringing up his children. Better. I could have cured cancer. I could have done. You know, who knows what I could have done? But instead, I wrote about every Cub ever. Yeah, Two thousand one hundred eighty-six of them. So that that's interesting. And how does your wife feel about that? Yeah, I think she probably feels like you think. That that might be why the marriage has continued for this long, is he's in the basement doing the you know. We don't talk. It's perfect. Oh, that's what she thinks of me. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. It's a bit a big thrill for us, and we wish you the best of luck in all your future endeavors. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thank, you tell know, me the name of your tell the name, name, name of your publishing company. Again. Well, I'll, I'll you know email, what? We'll email. I'll email, I'll email it, it to you. you. Email it to me. Okay. okay. Right. Thanks, Paul. How's the, we- how's the weather there? That's it, nice it's today. Pretty good today. It's nice today. It's, it's uh, like 88 uh, degrees. Yeah, it's a little humid for my liking, but it'll be like 42 this evening or something. <laughs> <laughs> the weather is just terrible here. It's city. Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. Well, keep your skates available. All right. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Paul. thanks man. Take it easy. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. 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 So thank you very much. I mean, was there, was there a bigger star in the 70s? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to know more 
about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com, uh, also ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Uh, the book Every Cub Ever is a big hit. Make mm-hmm. sure you pick up your copy, EveryCubEver.com, EckhartsPress.com. Uh, we have been produced by Tony Lasano of Opie Shows Productions. Uh, we are distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of The Man. <laughs> The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, coming soon to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and friends starring me, Tommy. And me, Kimmy. And me, Sam. You know what I fantasize about every day, Kimmy? You fantasize about me every day? No, no, no. No, I said, do you, do you want to know what I fantasize about every day, Kimmy? What do you fantasize about every day, Samuel? Uh, whether the longest living president in the history of the United States is still alive, Jimmy Carter. Well, let's look it up right now. Jimmy Carter. He's alive. Da-da-da-da. 94 years old. Still kicking yeah, it. he's doing good. Jimmy Carter saves lives. What? You make him sound like he can rise people back from the dead. He can. I'm convinced he sucked the life force out of the two other presidents who's died. You got me in this now. I'm sucked in, Tommy. I'm on the Jimmy Carter road. What do you mean me? What are you talking to me for? (laughs) So come meet your new friends, Tommy. Kimmy. Sam. Right here with Ann Friends. Me want you as friends. Radiomisfits.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, you heard of an elephant, but how about a elephant? Plus driving with the top down in the rain. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. <laughs>